0: This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. Very happy to be here today. Lots to get into. Well, not really lots, lots, but a few things to get into I will have some thoughts at the end of this episode on X, the movie that is currently out in theaters. Finally got a chance to see that. Uh, this past week was the girlfriend's spring break, and she was sick for like 90% of it. But one of the days where she was feeling good, she was like, hey, it's you want to go see a movie? What do you want to see? She was leaning Morbius. I was like, I'd rather go see X before seeing Morbius. Uh, thankfully we chose X, it appears due to, uh, the fan reaction and critics reaction as well. Although if you want to hear a different take, uh, if you've seen Morbius or you're on the fence of seeing Morbius, maybe review it. Rob can sway you. He's got a review up on his latest episode, uh, which this is a great time to mention. Uh, if you haven't liked the throw me podcast network on Facebook, and subscribed to the YouTube page. Now would be a good time to do it because uh, you have the review at Rob's show that comes out on Tuesdays. He reviews films, talks about movies as well. So pretty much if you're listening to this show, he is very much similar vein, has a different take on things Uh, And talks different things in the entertainment world as well. He gets into video games. He had some great conversation about video games two weeks ago. Uh, But yeah, you can check out the review at Rob show for more entertainment news. Uh, Get into things that maybe you were wondering if I was going to talk about. Chances are he talked about if I didn't get to it. Uh, Also tomorrow, new episode of Zach Speakeasy. You can check that out. Go back and check out the last two weeks of Zach Speakeasy where Ezra was his guest, and then they played drinking games last week, so somebody else on tap will find out tomorrow with a new episode of that, and also there is a new episode of Haunter's Podcast out. We are back in season. Uh, There is a huge event coming up as well with Haunter's Podcast and Red Vein Haunt in Ashland, Virginia, so if you go and you like the Facebook page, uh, you also can like Haunter's Podcast on Instagram you will be able to stay up to date with everything going on with that event. So if you uh, live in the Virginia area or wanted to get involved in something spooky, Haunter's Podcast is the show for you. And we also now have a new show on Mondays, uh, Review It, or Review It, Rob, not Review It, Rob, Tombstone Josh. muffed to that one. But Tombstone Josh, now part of the Throw Me Podcast Network, uh, he brings in the Metal Groove. And I got to say, big fan of that show, especially the open of his show. Yeah, that's a tease for you to go because I made the open for his show. Uh, But yeah, now, great show, good time. So if you're into metal music, uh, Tombstone Josh has you covered with that. Does a really fun thing as well on the show. Uh, Big props to this week's pick. He picks a metal song of the week, plays it for you. And uh, as a Pantera fan... I was a huge fan of this week's pick for sure, uh, but that comes out on Mondays as well, so new show part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network, which is why, again, you should like the Facebook page, Thrill Me Podcast Network. You'll always be updated when the new episodes drop, and probably a really good way as well for you to stay updated is to subscribe to this show and all of the shows on whatever streaming platform you listen. All right, with that being said, time to get into it. Uh, Some news that I came across this week that I wanted to talk about. Uh, It is official that the King of Rock and Roll is heading to France. Now, this is the new Elvis biopic that is going to be coming out. uh, And we have now learned that it will have its world premiere at the Cannes Film Festival. So it's going to France. It's going to have its debut Ah, uh, the seventy-fifth Cannes Film Festival is where it will take place. Uh, the film is supposed to hit theaters across North America June twenty-fourth, uh, and I'm really into this movie. Austin Butler is playing Elvis. Tom Hanks is in it. Uh, I am been very excited for this movie since I heard about the Elvis Presley biopic, uh, especially the fact that somebody that got some of their first mm, big film breaks in a Kevin Smith film, uh, especially it being Yoga Hosers with Austin Butler. That's kind of funny that he's going to be playing Elvis. But yeah, this film getting its debut uh, there actually makes me more excited for this movie because if you're bringing it there, that that to me screams a lot of that, here we go, here comes a film that's not just going to be a, a good movie, but is going to be one of those movies that yeah, it's coming out in in june you know it's getting its may festival premiere it comes out a month later but i feel like this is really kind of the first big all right here comes an award season film well ahead of award season i mean for it to go to Keynes, uh it just has me Pretty excited. Uh, now, they did recently as well over there unrease their plans to screen Top Gun Maverick at the festival with a special tribute dedicated to Tom Cruise just a week before the film's official release. Uh, the rest of the lineup for the festival is still to come, but between this much-anticipated uh, sequel with Top Gun Maverick and this huge Elvis biopic film, uh, it's looking like a pretty good festival and, and has me excited for some of those more summer films. I know I don't remember if I talked about it on the show, but I know I definitely tweeted it out with Top Gun um, with with that sequel. I, I hadn't been very excited for Maverick and with a lot of the delays and stuff. It is unlike Morbius. Morbius, with its delays, just kind of became more and more what the hell' is going on. And then, from what I understand from the reviews, then nothing was going on. that's that's the issue. They weren't making it better. They were somehow making it worse. That's kind of been my fear with Top Gun, but that last trailer they dropped really has me excited. Also, I know somebody that did get to see a screening of it, and they told me that it was really good already. Uh, I kind of trust that person, so I'm I'm a little more excited for this film. But again, the fact that it gets the film festival and it gets such a prestigious film festival where where these two movies are making their debut... Well, as far as Top Gun goes, it's it's not really its premiere, but the Elvis biopic uh getting its premiere there, that that's got me very excited that Elvis uh going to be debuting there, so the first time critics and audiences are going to see it is going to be at the 75th Cannes Film Festival. Uh some other news to get to uh, Tickets are on sale now. If you haven't gotten your Doctor Strange 2 tickets, well, I'm just going to assume you're waiting for whatever reason. Uh, I know I got mine for opening night, but we have now learned that Doctor 2, or Doctor 2, Doctor Strange 2, its runtime is going to make it the shortest MCU movie in three years, clocking in at barely over two hours. I've seen a weird reaction to this online and I'm not exactly sure why. Uh it comes in at 2 hours and 6 minutes compared to, you know, the extravaganza that was the last two Avengers films and even the last two Spider-Man movies. Uh sure, you know, 2 hours 6 minutes. It's probably really going to be under an under 2 hours when you think about it as far as the credits and than the post-credit scenes and all that stuff and the setups and things like that. So, as far as the film film goes, it's it's gonna come in at under uh, two hours. But the last film that that was ran shorter than this was Captain Marvel, when that clocked in at two hours and four minutes of a runtime. But the reaction I've seen online is is those that are like, "How can you do this multiverse of madness movie?" And it's not be as long as Spider-Man. Spider-Man needed all that time to make the multiverse thing work. Well, I I have a different take to that. This is a movie that is clearly picking up post-Spider-Man. Spider-Man needed to, and and I guess at this point, spoilers, if you're listening and you haven't heard Spider-Man. Yeah, the multiverse is here if you didn't know. Uh, But Spider-Man needed time to set up. The multiverse. That's why Spider-Man is as long as it is. It, it I mean, outside of the fact that the story does need that much time, but that's what I mean by it. The story needs time to open the multiverse and then explain it. Doctor Strange, too, is I guarantee going to do what Spider-Man just did, which is pick up where we left off. We're going to see what happened with Strange post that. The way we know Spider-Man isn't, you know, everything that happened at, at the end of that movie. You know, we stuck with Spider-Man. Now we're going to see, all right, what happened after everything went down at, at the Statue of Liberty, the better X-Men ending than X-Men 1. What happened there? We're going to see where Strange went after that morning. That's where I expect this film's going to pick up. We're going to pick up right from either right from him returning or it's going to be Wong being like, you messed with the multiverse and we go right into it. So I, 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 I'm not worried about the length. I'm not sitting here, one of these people that's like online that's losing their mind. Because again, I, I can't believe that I saw people getting rowdy over the fact that it's such a short film, quote unquote. It's still a two hour movie. It's not an hour and a half. It's not under an hour and a half. This is, you know, this isn't the SNL short ass movie, Netflix makes a short ass movie section because movies are getting so long thing like this film's going to have me to it, folks. It's not going and it's going to fly by as well if we're entering the multiverse. So, I'm not worried about the length of time. Another movie we learned length of time wise. Jurassic World Dominion. We have found out that this is now going to be the longest film in the Jurassic Park Jurassic World franchise. Uh, but Dominion now has revealed that its runtime uh, is actually going to be well over two hours. As it is estimated to clock in at two hours and 26 minutes. That will make it the longest movie in the franchise by quite a lot. The Lost World Jurassic Park going to come in second after this film debuts, because that was a two-hour and nine-minute film, still it isn't nearly the longest blockbuster we've seen in recent years. I mean, the Batman clocked in just shy of three hours, uh, and that movie recently passed seven hundred million at the box office. Endgame was famous for going over three hours, so it, it's it's long, but it's not that long when you think about it. Especially when we were just talking about how people were losing their mind over a two-hour Doctor Strange movie. And that that film is clocking in under this, but it makes sense that Dominion's going to end up being the longest film in the Jurassic franchise because not only do you have Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard returning as Owen and Claire, but now you got Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill all reprising their roles as Ellie Sattler, Ian Malcolm, and Alan Grant. Plus, you got other cast members, uh, new ones, returning ones from the other Jurassic World films, uh, other familiar faces from Park and World, like B.D. Wong as Dr. Henry Wu. Uh, You know, so it makes sense. And let's be real. The runtime is not going to matter for this film. Uh, You know, it's not a superhero movie, but in the superhero focused landscape of blockbusters, the fact that people were mad, we're only getting two hours of Dr. Strange. Uh, they're going to be happy that we're getting an extra, you know, 30 minutes of dinosaurs. And I'm expecting this film to be much better than the last movie, Fallen Kingdom. Uh, My issues with that really honestly reflect the fact that it's a a big setup to this film, which is not an issue. I do not want people to start messaging me and go, well, Empire Strikes Back was... Yes, Empire Strikes Back has done very well, where by the end of the movie... The setup for the third, it's a great movie standalone, and then the setup is great. My issue with Fallen Kingdom is a lot of the decisions to get us to the third film are just, so what the... And it all comes down to that stupid, cloned... Ah! Only reason that character exists is to push a button. The only reason that character exists is for that reason. That annoys me. So much. So, yeah, that's my issue with Fallen Kingdom. It will always circle back to one character exists for one reason, because it would make no sense for any other character to do what that character does. They're just like me. Dumb. Dumb line. I'd mm, rather watch the Jack and Jill Al Pacino rap again. Uh, so yeah, uh, this movie I think is going to be a lot better. It's going to make bank. It's going to be a huge film. Reuniting the original cast with the new cast, wrapping up the story of the Jurassic Park world franchise before they spin it off into hopefully hybrid dinosaurs in the Fast and the Furious world. But, you know, that's, that's a dream for another day. Speaking of Fast and the Furious, we have some news about that. Now, Jason Momoa, Uh, We all know with the upcoming Fast and the Furious film, or hopefully you know by now, Jason Momoa has signed on to play the villain in the upcoming movie. But of course, Jason was kind of, you know, doing his thing, talking a little bit, and it seems like a no-brainer about him joining the Fast and the Furious franchise. He's a huge muscle-bound dude, uh, likable actor. Uh, shocking to see him take on a villain role, but also not so much. I mean, John Cena just kind of did it in the last movie. Uh, He got Statham that did it as well. And and let's be real, at any point, if you're a villain in the Fast and the Furious franchise, it doesn't matter if you kill their friends or not, and you kill family, you're going to be welcomed into the family as long as you help dominate all of them at some point. A.K.A. Statham. Now, Momoa joining the franchise as the villain, uh, talking about it, and he said that his character is just going to kind of be this misunderstood person. He, he's, he's, you know, nothing new. Since let's be honest, most of them are just you know misunderstood villains, like I said, and then they all end up in in the family at the barbecue. So it is what it is. But what was interesting is that Momoa seemed to accidentally reveal the return of a major villain when he said, I get to shoot with some really cool people that I have never. I get to work with Charlize first up. Really excited about that. She's amazing. So now we've been confirmed that Charlize Theron will be back for the next Fast and the Furious film. I mean, if you saw the last movie, not a surprise. She kind of seems like she's the setup for the final conclusion of Big Bad's but it was never confirmed that she would be back until Jason Momoa accidentally confirmed, yeah, she's she's going to be back for Fast 10, uh, which is currently scheduled to be released May 19th, 2023. So there you have it. Jason Momoa slipped it up. We do know for a fact now that returning will be none other than Charlize Theron. All right, and the last thing... Uh, that I wanted to talk about this week is I wanted to get into my X movie review, Uh, X, a movie that came out a few weeks back, didn't get a chance to see it when it first came out. This was a very anticipated horror movie for me. When I first saw the trailer, I got super excited, Uh, really couldn't wait to get out and see this. Unfortunately, it was a situation of... It's one of those things where being in a relationship is great, but this was one of those, and it's not even that big deal at the end of the day, but it was one of those things where I knew this was a horror movie that my girlfriend would be interested in, but also might not be interested in because the concept of it is a group of friends coming off the success of uh, Debbie Does Dallas, decide they're going to go out, rural Texas under... Um, rent out uh, a little farmhouse uh, from an elderly couple and under their nose film their own version of Debbie Does Dallas, uh, hence the name X, X film, X rating, all that good stuff. So they're going off to do that. I knew that right there was kind of a iffy, will she or won't she want to go? And at first she didn't want to go see it, but then she started seeing more trailers for it pop up, and more things pop up on TikTok, and she was like, actually, I think I can handle this, and yeah, she 100% handled it perfectly, she loved the film, Uh, it it left her thinking as well, and that's what I really like about this writer and director, Ty West, and that was what drew me to this movie at first, my sell to her was Britney Snow's in it, and hers was, yeah, but it's about porn and stuff, I'm, I'm out, and then it was Oh, there's more to it than the porn thing and I'm like, yes, there is because this director uh is somebody that I have been a huge fan of for wow, I I want to say a decade now when I when I stumbled across uh The House of the Devil on Netflix years ago with friends. We were looking for something to watch and I was like, oh, this this sounds interesting, this film about a babysitter and all this stuff and it's a slow burn of a movie, The House of the Devil. And it's very interesting character development-wise. A lot of things being set up. If if you're not really paying attention, you might miss something. But then by the third act, you start to see the hand that was dealt and you're starting to see the cards on the table. And then finally, it just becomes all hell. Same thing with The Incapers, uh, the next movie that I watched... That he was a part that he had written and directed. And The Innkeepers was another movie that is very much built on the character development of two innkeepers at an old hotel that's about to close, claiming it's a haunted place, but is it really haunted or not? You know, as they're trying to kind of, they're the last two employees of a century old haunted hotel. So, but but you're not sure if it's haunted or not. You don't know what's really... It's built on a lot of character, a lot of back and forth on that. And then, again, when you get to the third act, you start to see what story he was really telling and it all starts to unfold in such a what the f" type of way. So I knew that was going to be the case going into X, which is exactly what we got. A film that takes the old 70s slasher... And has a lot to say about slasher films. Has a lot to say about the porn industry. Has a lot to say at the same time about... Uh, in a weird parallel of the way society looks at horror movies and porn movies as well. Because there is a bit of a a, a a holding of the mirror up to those two. And the way that society looks down upon them. You know, the porn industry for the obvious reasons of what it is... Filth, smut, all that stuff. But people say that about horror movies as well. It's filth, it's smut, it's just nudity and violence for the sake of nudity and violence. So there's a lot being said in this movie with that. But it's such a slow burn from that classic slasher formula that as the film gets to its third act and it starts to reveal itself for what the film truly truly is, it goes Absolutely bonkers in the best ways, and I'm so happy to see Ty West not just come back and and make a horror movie, but come back in such a way with a horror movie like this. Because for the past few years, he's been off doing a lot of TV stuff, uh, a lot of other things. Um, what he was, he did the uh, the Sacrament was uh, was one of the things he did. So he's he's kind of been dabbling in like mystery thriller. Uh, some of the horror elements, but not so much a straight-up horror movie like this. Uh, in, in 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 A Valley of Violence was the last one that he did. So he did a western before he did this. So he had like, you know, he went out. He dabbled. He dabbled in ways that people really liked it. Critics really liked it. Audiences are always kind of split on his stuff. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed X really liked his return uh into this this genre where he's been a part of for so long. He was he was also he did one of the ABCs of death. Uh he was one of the directors. His was M uh is for miscarriage. So if you've seen the ABCs of death uh that one which oh yeah. That one sticks with me. That one sticks with me a lot. Uh yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm having a bit of a flashback because "M" is for miscarriage was really messed up. Uh, as was a lot of the ABCs of death. There were some really good ones uh, in there, but the Ty West one I remember that was part of what made me watch it because I had already seen his two other movies that I mentioned, uh, and and really wanted to see more of his stuff: The House of the Devil, The Innkeepers, and then you know the ABCs of Death came out. Uh, in 2012, so I must have watched The House of the Devil before. It's sometime in 2012 because Innkeepers. I know I definitely watched in like 2013, and then I saw the ABCs of Death. So yeah, that's that makes sense there. Uh, but yeah, X. Uh, absolutely, really recommend this movie if you are a fan of scary movies. If you're a fan of old school classic slasher films. Best way to describe this, uh, I think Rob said it best. It's Friday the Thirteenth meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre, in the uh, sexiness of Friday the Thirteenth stuff like that, the graphic nudity, sexual content, uh, even in the violence in ways. Because I, I've I've talked about it with Hunters podcast stuff we've done with that. I've talked about it on on this program. Texas Chainsaw Massacre in and of itself, the original film from the seventies. Is not that gory. This movie is kind of gory at moments, uh, you know. But it still pulls back at times. It still it doesn't go full blown gore. But there is a lot of disturbing things in this film. Uh, I I cannot wait to watch this movie again. I have said it. There is already a spot in my top ten of the year for this movie. Uh, It will take a lot. For, for 10 other films to come and bump this one out because it's just, this is one of my favorite movies, hands down, of this year. There's just no questions about it. It it, it really will take a lot to bump this out of the top 10. It's, it's wonderfully shot. It's wonderfully acted. Maya Goth is incredible in dual roles in this film. Seeing her play Pearl as well as Maxine. Uh, Jenna Ortega has officially put her stamp down on being a a, a horror scream queen, Uh, a new scream queen for us. Between Scream, uh, I still have not seen it, and I really do want to see it even more so now, the uh, Foo Fighters movie. I know she's in that. X, uh, she's going to be Wednesday Adams as well for the Netflix series. Uh, Brittany Snow is great in this. Martin Henderson uh, is, is great. Kid Cudi is absolutely fabulous in this movie. I need more Kid Cudi. I need more horror movies with Kid Cudi in it. Uh, but yeah, this is... And the amount of Kid Cudi we get in this movie. Ah, oh, Can we talk about the amount of Kid Cudi we get? Seriously. But I very much recommend going to see this movie I think it's very much worth seeing in theaters as well Uh, non-spoiler kind of spoiler though there is something post-credit I was unfortunately not aware of this before I left another reason why I really cannot wait to go back and see it again but I was unaware of it when I left so I read about it afterwards but there is something post-credit that sets up something cool um, that Apparently, we'll get later this year because it's already been been filmed, the thing that you get post that. There you go. So that's where I'll end things this week. X, two massive thumbs up for me if I'm giving it the meatball score or the ratings out of five. This is a five out of five for me. This is... I cannot find fault in this movie. Uh, I absolutely think this movie is... Again, there's a lot to say about sexuality as well as far as, as, oh my gosh, I I, I really do want to get into like a full conversation with this. Maybe, maybe, hey Rob, maybe this is, you know, I know you're listening. uh, For the moment I'm going to speak to one person. Uh, Review it, Rob, daddy. You see, sometimes hard times come. Uh, But no, maybe this is the episode, maybe maybe I'll do an ex conversation and just have review it, Rob on, maybe invite Zach on cuz I do. I just want to talk about this movie. Uh, cuz there is a lot to say uh, about everything. Commentary as well about about getting old and, and 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 relationships and oh my gosh, the amount of depth to this movie that just I did not expect. Yeah, it's 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 a movie. It is a great movie uh that again, it's it's going to take a lot to f- for nine other movies to come along that, or 10 other movies, I should say, to come along that could bump this out. If 10 other movies come along and bump this film out, then holy crap, great year for films. Just saying. All right, talk to you all next week. Have a great one. Peace and love.